Good morning. Today the Church of England uh, has a festival uh, for Josephine Butler, who was a social reformer in 1906. There's also the commemorations of Joan of Arc, uh, the Maid of Orleans, and also uh, Apollo Kivabulia, who was a priest evangelist in Central Africa. So the introduction today is going to be... Uh, reasonably long because I'm going to read their biographies from Saints on Earth, the biographical companion to common worship. So if you would like to listen and learn about these people, please do. I don't feel you have to. If you'd rather skip forwards, um, then feel free to do that uh, to morning prayer itself. Josephine Butler. Josephine Gray was born in 1828 to an old Northumberland family. Her father was cousin to Earl Grey, Prime Minister 1830 to 34. In 1852, she married the Reverend George Butler, a writer on education and later a canon of Winchester. After the birth of four children in five years, the couple moved from Oxford to Cheltenham then again to Liverpool in 1866, when George became head of Liverpool College. It was in the busy seaport city that Josephine first encountered the problem of prostitution. Instead of adopting the normal Victorian attitude of ignoring the problem, with her husband's support, Josephine opened her home as a refuge for prostitutes, quickly becoming aware that they were the victims rather than the enemies of society and began to campaign on their behalf. In Victorian England, it was deemed unseemly for a lady to be aware of such matters, let alone to hold opinions and air them in public. Josephine thus encountered much opposition to her work. But her strong dislike of injustice, perpetrated by the strong on the weak, was underpinned by her faith. She was a devout Anglican and even found time to write a biography of Catherine of Siena. A particular injustice was the Contagious Diseases Act passed by Parliament in the 1860s in order to protect military and naval personnel from sexually transmitted diseases. The Act criminalised the prostitutes rather than their clients and imposed police surveillance, arrest on suspicion and compulsory medical examination of women suspected of being prostitutes. Inevitably, there were cases of respectable, in quotes, women who were in the wrong place at the wrong time, being forcibly subjected to a painful and degrading medical examination with no right of appeal. Josephine objected strongly on the grounds that women were being denied their constitutional rights. She won the support of other influential women, such as Florence Nightingale and Harriet Martineau, and after a prolonged campaign, succeeded in influencing Parliament to repeal the Acts in 1886. Josephine also campaigned against the white slave traffic, despite the flamboyant involvement of the press, stuck to the real issues and succeeded in getting legislation on the statute book, which, among other things, raised the legal age of consent in Britain from 13 to 16. She wrote a number of books promoting education and equality for women and was involved in putting pressure on Cambridge University to improve educational opportunities for women. This eventually led to the foundation of Newham College, she died in 1906. So today, the Church of England keeps a lesser festival for her. 
Joan of Arc, 1431. Joan was born in a peasant family at Dom, Domremy in the Champagne region of France, probably in 1412, towards the end of the Hundred Years' War between France and England. Uneducated but highly intelligent, she was a pious and virtuous child, and in 1425 experienced the first of her supernatural visions, which she described as a blaze of light with an accompanying voice. In due course, she was able to identify Michael the Archangel, along with Catherine of Alexandria and Margaret of Antioch, who were perhaps significantly two early virgin martyrs. To Joan, they revealed a mission to save France. King Charles VII of France, the Dauphin in Shakespeare's Henry V, had been obliged to delay his coronation in order to fight the English. In 1429, Joan managed to meet Charles, who became convinced of her bona fides. He allowed her to lead the French army to Orleans, where, clad in a suit of white armour, she raised the siege by the English army. After a further campaign in the Loire Valley, she persuaded Charles to proceed to Reims for his coronation, which took place with Joan at his side. Once he'd been crowned, the king lost interest in the war, but Joan carried on nevertheless. So it was that without adequate military support, she failed to recapture Paris from the English. And in 1430, she was taken prisoner and eventually put on trial. In the 15 sessions of her trial for sorcery and heresy, the 19-year-old Joan made a robust defence against her accusers, but inevitably she was convicted and burned, burned at the stake in Rouen on the 30th of May, 1431. Charles had made no effort to ransom or rescue her, now cynically sought to rehabilitate Joan's reputation, no doubt for personal advantage, pressuring the church courts for a review of the verdict against her. Joan's condemnation was finally annulled by a papal commission in 1456. In 1920 she was canonised, and is now regarded as the second patron saint of France. But why should the Church of England commemorate Joan? neither for her military prowess, nor even because her visions were necessarily authentic, but because being persuaded of the will of God for her life, she responded in faith and obedience. Joan's experience also provides a salutary reminder of the fate of the idealists and the innocent who get in the way of power politics and the national interest. Also today, the church commemorates Apollo Kive Bulia, Bul Apollo Kive Bulea, sorry about that, priest evangelist in Central Africa. The CMS Nyanza mission first brought Christianity to Uganda in 1877. In 1894, Uganda became a British protectorate. As a result of a request for Christian missionaries by the chief of Boga in the far west of Uganda, two Ugandan teachers were sent in 1896 and made some converts. But their firm stand against sorcery, polygamy and drunkenness offended the chief, deprived them of food, forcing them to leave. Later that year, a second attempt was made to take the gospel to Boga by a recently converted soldier, Apollo Kivebulaya. After his baptism, he had declared a witness to serve as a catechist 
in Western Uganda. So he was sent out to Boga later in the same year. There he grew his own food and so could not be forced out by having the market closed against him. Not surprisingly, his opposition to sorcery, polygamy and other practices aroused strenuous opposition. And when the chief sister died in an accident, Apollo was blamed. A mob seized him, beat him, and then turned him over to the British colonial authorities for trial. He spent several months in jail awaiting trial and became greatly discouraged until he had an experience of the presence of Christ and his faith was strengthened. The charges were eventually dropped and he returned to Boga, where his preaching and the example of his life resulted in many conversions, including the chief, the chief who had opposed him so bitterly. He was ordained deacon in 1900 and priest in 1903. An international boundary commission in 1907-8 realigned the border, with Boga being transferred to the Belgian Congo, but Apollo remained in Boga for what proved to be a lifelong ministry. His big flat feet with spread out toes enabled him to walk everywhere. He never wore shoes. But in his later years, he was persuaded to acquire a bicycle. It is said that he chose a woman's model, which was easy to ride in a flowing robe. He trained up those with leadership gifts, but when he died in 1933, the Boga church continued to flourish. However, it remained a small and isolated Christian community. Not until 1972 did Boga become a separate diocese with its own bishop. Today, it is one of the six dioceses of the Anglican Church in the Congo. And so today the church remembers these three, the faith they showed, the conviction that they held about their faith, the examples they set. Ponder them today. So we begin with our morning prayer. O Lord, open our lips. And our mouth shall proclaim your praise. Send your Holy Spirit upon us. Clothe us with power from on high. Alleluia. Blessed are you, Creator God. To you be praise and glory forever. As your Spirit moved over the face of the waters, bringing light and life to your creation. Pour out your spirit on us today, that we may walk as children of light, and by your grace reveal your presence. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Blessed be God forever. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins heals all your infirmities, who redeems your life from the pit, and crowns you with faithful love and compassion, who satisfies you with good things, so that your youth is renewed like an eagle's. The Lord executes righteousness and judgment for all who are oppressed. He made his ways known to Moses, and his works to the children of Israel. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom has dominion over all. Bless the Lord, you angels of his, you mighty ones who do his bidding and hearken to the voice of his word. 
Bless the Lord, all you his hosts, you ministers of his who do his will. Bless the Lord, all you works of his, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be for ever. Amen. The night has passed, and the day lies open before us. Let us pray with one heart and mind. As we rejoice in the gift of this new day, so may the light of your presence, O God, set our hearts on fire with love for you, now and forever. Amen. The 42nd Psalm As the deer longs for the water brooks, so longs my soul for you, O God. My soul is a thirst for God, even for the living God. When shall I come before the presence of God? My tears have been my bread day and night. While all day long they say to me, Where is now your God? Now when I think on these things, I pour out my soul. How I went with the multitude and led the procession to the house of God. With a voice of praise and thanksgiving among those who kept holy day. Why are you so full of heaviness, O my soul? Why are you so disquieted within me? Put your trust in God, for I will yet give him thanks, who is the help of my countenance and my God. My soul is heavy within me, therefore I will remember you from the land of Jordan, and from Hermon and the hill of Mizar. Deep calls are deep in the thunder of your waterfalls, all your breakers and waves have gone over me. The Lord will grant his loving kindness in the daytime. Through the night his song will be with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to my rock, why have you forgotten me? And why go I so heavily while the enemy oppresses me? As they crush my bones, my enemies mock me. While all day long they say to me, where is now your God? Why are you so full of heaviness, O my soul? Why are you so disquieted within me? And put your trust in God. For I will yet give him thanks, who is the help of my countenance and my God. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forever. Amen. Come, greatest spirit, source of life, sustain us when our hearts are heavy and our wells have run dry. For you are the Father's gift, with him who is our living water, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The 43rd Psalm. Give judgment for me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people. Deliver me from the deceitful and the wicked. You are the God of my refuge. Why have you cast me from you? And why go I so heavily while the enemy oppresses me? O send out your light and your truth, that they may lead me, and bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. That I may go to the altar of God, to the God of my joy and gladness. And on the lyre I will give thanks to you, O God, my God. Why are you so full of heaviness, O my soul? Why are you so disquieted within me? 
O put your trust in God, for I will yet give him thanks, who is the help of my countenance and my God. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be for ever. Amen. Come, Creator Spirit, light and truth, bring us to the altar of life, and renew our joy and gladness. In Jesus our Lord. Amen. The Old Testament lesson is written in the book of Numbers, the 32nd chapter, beginning at the first verse. Now the Reubenites and the Gadites owned a very great number of cattle. When they saw that the land of Jazer and the land of Gilead was a good place for cattle, the Gadites and the Reubenites came and spoke to Moses, to Eleazar the priest, and to the leaders of the congregation, saying, Ataroth, Debon, Jazer, Nimrah, Heshbon, Elelah, Sebam, Nebo, and Baon, the land that the Lord subdued before the congregation of Israel, is a land for cattle, and your servants have cattle. They continued, If we had found favour in your sight, let this land be given to your servants for a possession. Do not make us cross the Jordan. Moses said to the Gadites and to the Reubenites, Shall your brothers go to war while you sit here? Or will you discourage the hearts of the Israelites from going over into the land that the Lord has given them? Your fathers did this when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to see the land, when they went up to the Wadi Eshkol and saw the land. They discouraged the hearts of the Israelites from going into the land that the Lord had given them. The Lord's anger was kindled on that day, and he swore, saying, Surely none of the people who came up out of Egypt from twenty years old and upwards shall see the land that I swore to give. Abraham to Isaac and to Jacob, because they have not unreservedly followed me, none except Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and the Kenizzite, and Joshua, son of Nun, for they have unreservedly followed the Lord. And the Lord's anger was kindled against Israel, and he made them wander in the wilderness for forty years, until all the generation that had done evil in the sight of the Lord had disappeared. And now you, a brood of sinners, have risen in place of your fathers to increase the Lord's fierce anger against Israel. If you turn away from following him, you will again abandon them in the wilderness, and you will destroy all this people. And they came to him and said, We will build sheepfolds here for our flocks and towns for our little ones. But we will take up arms as a vanguard before the Israelites, until we have brought them to their place. Meanwhile, our little ones will stay in the fortified towns because of the inhabitants of the land. We will not return to our homes until all the Israelites have obtained their inheritance, or not inherit with them on the other side of the Jordan and beyond, because our inheritance has come to us on this side of the Jordan to the east. So Moses said to them, If you do this, if you take up arms to go before the Lord for the war, and all those of you who bear arms cross the Jordan before the Lord, until he has driven out his enemies from before him, and the land is subdued before the Lord. Then after that you may return and be free of obligation to the Lord and to Israel. And this land shall be your possession before the Lord. But if you do not do this, you have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. Build towns for your little ones, and folds for your flocks, but do what you have promised. Then the Gadites and the Reubenites said to Moses, Your servants will do as my Lord commands. Our little ones, our wives, our flocks, and all our livestock, shall remain there in the towns of Gilead, but your servants will cross over, everyone armed for war, to do battle for the Lord, just as my Lord orders. It ends the Old Testament lesson.
The Spirit of God fills the whole world. Alleluia. I will take you from the nations and gather you from the countries. I will clean, sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean from all your uncleannesses. A new heart I will give you and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove from your body the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. You shall be my people and I will be your God. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forever. Amen. The Spirit of God fills the whole world. Alleluia. The New Testament lesson is written in the Gospel according to St. Luke, the ninth chapter, beginning at the first verse. Then Jesus called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons, and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. He said to them, Take nothing for your journey, no staff, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, not even an extra tunic. Whatever house you enter, stay there and leave from there. Wherever they do not welcome you, as you are leaving that town, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. They departed and went through the villages, bringing the good news and curing diseases everywhere. Now Herod... The ruler heard about all that had taken place, and he was perplexed, because it was said by some that John had been raised from the dead, by some that Elijah had appeared, and by others that one of the ancient prophets had arisen. Herod said, John, I had beheaded, but who is this about whom I hear such things? And he tried to see him. On their return, the apostles told Jesus all they had done. He took them with him and withdrew privately to a city called Bethsaida. When the crowds found out about it, they followed him, and, wel and he welcomed them. And he spoke to them about the kingdom of God, and healed those who needed to be cured. The day was drawing to a close, and the twelve came to him and said, Send the crowd away, so that they may go into the surrounding villages and countryside, to lodge and get provisions, for we are here in a deserted place. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. They said, We have no more than five loaves and two fish. Unless we are to go and buy food for all these people. There were about 5,000 men. And he said to his disciples, Make them sit down in groups of about 50 each. They did so and made them all sit down. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke them, and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. And all ate and were filled. What was left over was gathered, 12 baskets of broken pieces. Here ends the New Testament lesson. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your people and kindle in us the fire of your love. All who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your people. Renew the face of your creation, Lord, pouring on us the gifts of your Spirit and kindle in us the fire of your love. For the creation waits with eager longing for the glorious liberty of the children of God. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your people and kindle in us the fire of your love. They were faithful unto death, and God has given them the crown of life. Alleluia. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Saviour, born of the house of his servant David. 
Through his holy prophets God promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all that hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath God swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. And you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, where you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of all their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be for ever. Amen. They were faithful unto death, and God has given them the crown of life. Alleluia. In the power of the Spirit and in union with Christ, let us pray to our Heavenly Father. Lord, we give you thanks and praise for your church throughout the world. We thank you that in these times of crisis, the church is there for people. Today we remember the Church of North India's Community Approach for Rural Development, CAFAD programme. And for the communities it serves via the Krishyata Seva Nikitan Hospital in West Bengal. We ask for your blessings upon that programme, for our brothers and sisters in India, for the leaders of that diocese. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We lift up before you our own benefice and ask that you may help us make wise decisions at this time, that we may reach out to those who do not know you, that our mission and evangelism may not cease because of COVID-19. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for all those who are suffering in this world. Particularly, we pray for the situation in the United States. We ask for justice for those who have been killed purely because they are black. We ask for justice for those who are discriminated against because of their skin colour. Be with all those, Lord, who protest against injustice, wherever they are in the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We bring before you the sick and the suffering in body, mind and spirit, those known to us. Those unknown to us in our community those suffering at home alone or in nursing home, hospice or hospital. We give thanks for those who care for them. We pray, Lord, that those who work in the NHS may be truly valued, that they may receive all that they deserve. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. 
and we give thanks for those who have gone before us in faith, our loved ones that we see no longer, and any who may have died overnight in our benefice. Rest eternal, grant unto them, O Lord, and let light perpetual shine upon them. May they rest in peace and rise in glory. God of compassion and love, by whose grace your servant Josephine Butler followed in the way of your son, in caring for those in need, help us like her to work with strength, the restoration of all to the dignity and freedom of those created in your image, through Jesus Christ our Saviour, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God now and for ever. Amen. Being made one by the power of the Spirit, let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. May the Spirit kindle in us the fire of God's love. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Alleluia. Alleluia. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Alleluia. And so may God bless you today.